It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. The Cincinnati Bengals moved to 8-6 and six after defeating the Denver Broncos on the road in Denver in the Mile High City, 15-10, to 10, which somebody's going to have to go check and see if that's a score of Gami or not. That's not a very commonly reached final score in the NFL. The Bengals getting to 15 after failing a two-point conversion late in the game on the only touchdown they scored. But this is a game that... We talked about it coming into this week. It might be ugly. The Denver defense has been really good this year. The Denver secondary has been really good this year. And Joe Burrow got pretty good protection throughout this game. But the passing offense still couldn't really get going. And so I'm going to be very interested to see, James, my my most looked forward to thing on the All-22 is what was happening in the secondary? Because we didn't get really looks at it during the game, but... Either way, great effort by the defense and just enough from the offense to get out of Denver with a win and get back into currently before the Browns play their game on Monday afternoon, currently first place in the AFC North. Yeah, I I mean, worst case, they're they're in a three-way tie for first place with a a chance to really grab the edge over the Ravens next week. Um, Look, sometimes games are going to be ugly. Sometimes you're going to have to win and things aren't going to go your way. And T Higgins isn't going to have a catch after the first quarter. And Jamar chase uh, isn't going to really be involved and is going to only have four targets and uh, is never really going to have a shot. Right. And and that was today. And that is a type of game that I, I think you need to see Zach Taylor win. You need to see the Bengals win. We know this defense is good. Well, sometimes the defense needs to carry you. We know uh, what Zach Taylor's track record has been. And part of my frustration last week after that 49ers game is I'm looking at his, just the resume and the games they've won this year and then the games they've lost. And it's a lot of close losses. And it's like, man, he needs to learn how to lose or how to win close games. And, uh, and he showed that today. And one decision that was talked about a ton, Jake, in, in oh my God, social media. I, I tweeted. So sometimes during games, you asked the question because you want to see how people are feeling. And so it's third and eight Bengals up 15 to 10, two minutes to go. Uh, the, the Broncos are out of timeouts. You get a first down, the game's over. And I said, all right, is, uh, are, are they going to throw the ball on third and eight? And everyone's like, well, they better. And I don't know about you. I didn't feel that strongly about that because th- there's a big difference between last week and this week to me. Last week, Joe Burrow's the reason you have, uh, you, you know, you're tied or you have the lead or you're, or you're driving down for the game winning score and you're in overtime this week. And I thought Joe Burrow was good today, by the way, it, it, he wasn't that the reason you were there was because of 
special teams play, your field goal kicker, and because of your defense and because of what they were able to do against Denver's, not only the rushing attack, but hold both of these quarterbacks um, to just over 52.9% completion percentage, under 200 yards passing, averaging 5.5 yards an attempt. They were getting heat on them. They had just forced a turnover earlier that quarter. So I, I, I think Zach made the right decision there. And uh, I, it game to game, it matters. You don't just always go with, all right, Joe Burrow, it's his franchise. He's got to make every play. Well, that's that's dumb. Then anybody can be head coach of the Bengals, and anyone can make those decisions. I don't think it's that simple, and I'm glad to see that Zach didn't get lost in that and instead ran 40 seconds off the clock. The Broncos had the ball with just over a minute left. You pin them deep, and your defense handles business to get the win. Really easy to be results-oriented, right? We look back two weeks ago, or a week ago, they run it, they don't get it. And we're critical this week. They run it. They don't get it and they win. And so it's, it's easy for probably our, our listeners and our viewers to even say, Oh, you guys are just saying that because they got the outcome. And you were just saying that last week because they got the outcome. We wouldn't be talking. Well, I'm looking at the process of it as well. And I, I wouldn't have been upset if they had thrown the ball to be clear, because you can call a pass play. And this has been discussed quite a bit in my mentions. You can call a pass play there, something quite simple. You either know it's there or it's not there. And if it's not there, you get to the ground, you eat it. And I I do think that's easier said than done because sometimes you, you have a simple play and and you mess the read up or there's a snap exchange problem or, or whatever, any of the things that can go wrong, right? They can go wrong on any play. Fewer things can go wrong on a running play. But, but besides that, because I can already hear the people saying, Oh, you're just, you're, you're playing scared, you're coaching scared if, if that's your reasoning. is yeah. the, the, the biggest reason that I'm okay with running the ball here, regardless of how you feel about Joe Burrow, you made some great points, James. The, the Bengals passing offense was bad today. They, yeah. couldn't, they couldn't figure it out. Denver was squatting on stuff underneath and was incredibly disciplined, I believe, in the back half. And again, that's why I say I'm very excited to look forward on the All-22 to see what's happening back there. But the biggest ingredient here is Drew Locke in a drop back passing offense does not scare me. And I understand, oh, it takes one play. You guys have PTSD from, from Brandon Stokely. I get it. I, I have some of that too, right? That's that's some bad Bengals luck. That's bad juju that, that's out there and that exists. But the entirety of, of, the Beng, or of the Broncos offense in this game came off the running game. Even their passing game success is mm-hmm. there's still a threat of the running game. And your defense has played pretty damn well, as we've discussed, you know, giving up 10 points. Yeah, they give up a drive. They get a lucky turnover, if you want to call it that, in the red zone. But that's the same quarterback still playing quarterback for the Denver Broncos is Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. And Drew Locke, in a drop-back passing offense, folded. And, and that's part of the calculus, I think, is when you're Zach Taylor, you're sitting there and you're thinking, okay, Worst case for me, I have to give the ball back to Denver with a minute left, probably mm-hmm. going to be at least 70 yards to go if if my punt team does its job. And I understand there's some risk in the punt return or whatever that, that you don't have if you just complete a pass. But a big part of my thinking is my defense has been pretty good today, and that's with the Denver Broncos being able to run the ball too. You take that mm-hmm. away and you say Drew Locke now just has to drop back pass and beat you. And then Drew Locke goes back there and his tackle holds. And then he takes a sack. Uh, shout out BJ or uh, 
Shout out Larry Ogunjobi and Trey Hendrickson. And then he throws a duck as Trey Hendrickson's drilling him for a near safety that Eli Apple almost picks off to end the game. And then it's fourth and 25 and the game's over. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, that's part of the calculus and I understand the results were, were very good and, and are coloring this a little bit, but like that result is what they expected. They're, mm-hmm. they're thinking Drew Locke is not going to beat us and Drew Locke didn't beat them. And I think that's a big part of it at the same time. Like I said, I wouldn't have been upset with the running play. The idea to just give him a simple read, give him a slant or something, give him a two-way check at the line you mean of scrimmage. A throwing play. Yeah, yeah, passing play. Um, give him a two-way check where he can choose run or pass. That's also fine with me, but I just think that's a little bit harder. That there's there's more that goes into that. There's more mistakes that can happen, obviously, and also you can end the game. But there's also a chance you get the first down in the running play. And then you can trust your defense that's been really good in this game. So I think it's very situational. And the way the game was going, I didn't have a whole lot of confidence in the Bengals offense. They, they got one clutch third down conversion there to Tyler Boyd over the middle. That was a great play to keep the clock moving there. But I, I just don't have a huge problem with this decision. And I don't have strong feelings like you, James, either way here. No, I look. To, to me... Taylor was aggressive third and 10, four minutes to go, Boyd for 15 yards earlier in that or earlier on that possession. Expecting this passing offense, which was, and we're going to get to it in a second, awful to come up big again. I just, I don't expect that. Now, if he was cooking, it's different. If things are rolling and your defense is Swiss cheese, it's different. But you're right. Drew Locke, your defense is cooking and they cooked. And sometimes, you got to let Trey and company cook too. It's not just Joe. It's not just Joe. And I think that's the part of it that uh, we should get to next is Joe Burrow. What the heck was going on? Because again, I think Joe played well, but the offense, four first downs in the first half ties the season low. We'll get into all the stats and more coming up. But first, I got to tell you about Boost Mobile. And you listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge and reaction, right? To the Bengals win. Well, you switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. And right now you're going to save a lot of money with Boost Mobile and you're going to get the power of a 5G phone for free. That's right, for free. So you can listen to all the latest episodes of Locked on Bengals, whether it's on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. The power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can harness all of that brain power too and all of the power of one of America's largest 5G networks. So Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. It's Boost Mobile, the power to save. Boost Mobile, free phone, limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offer and coverage not available everywhere or for all phones and networks. Make sure you check out BoostMobile.com for details. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you, your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic bowl cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. 
and the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm Personal Price Plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. You mentioned this, James. Tough day for the offense overall today. I do want to shout out the offensive line and pass protection. I think they more or less did their job. I didn't see any free rushers really being a big problem. There wasn't early pressure. The sacks, I think Joe Burrow did take. One of them was a slide behind the line of scrimmage. He was sacked three times. So one of them was a slide behind the line of scrimmage. Smart slide. Sure. Uh, one of them was uh, to, oh, the yeah, to, to keep the clock going. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Somebody asked why I didn't throw it away. And I responded one word clock. Yeah. Um, the the other two were, one of them was a very clear coverage sack. And I'm, I'm struggling to remember the first. Sack. The first one was a blitz. It was, a, uh, it was the corner. Okay. Was it the corner came like, in, the, uh, or, or no, it was Simmons. It wasn't the corner. It was the safety off right, the corner. Right. Justin right. Simmons. So, yeah. Yeah. Just this a, is good a, up a scheme sack off of a, a play action boot that they have called. And, and Simmons either has a film tendency there or, or is just coming and selling out on the quarterback. And that's his job on this, that play. And sometimes you get, get, get got. And I think the Bengals got, got on that play, but overall for the offense, James, just 4.9 yards per play. And this is to 4.1 yards for Denver. So it's not like either team was moving the ball all that well. You mentioned four first downs in the first half, just 12 for the game, four of 13 on third downs. And it was a slog. It was a slog. And they did run the ball with intermittent success. It wasn't consistent. I think only a few concepts were working. They kind of went to these long developing pitch play and windback ideas maybe a little bit too often and and lost some yards on those plays from time to time or kind of gave up downs. But one thing that I thought was interesting in this game was they started the game with early down passing. Their first few drives of the game, first, second down, they're, they're coming out passing. They finished the game with 15 first down runs, if I'm reading the stat correctly, and six first down passes. On, on 21 first down plays in the game. So they, they started the game coming out throwing and, and the adjustment they made to that when it wasn't working was, okay, we're, we're scrapping that. We're going to start running the ball now on first down. And that's the way they went for most of the game. Yeah, it's, uh, they were searching. It feels like they were searching the whole game. And then there was a point where it's like, all right, our offense is just not going to, you know, the, the big play to chase isn't happening. You know, the, the offense, is it going to just kick it in gear? And they did get the big play to Boyd. Right. And it, it was such a, a, a huge play where he takes a great, um, <laughs> afterwards, the yak was awesome in the way he took different angles to, to beat Justin Simmons, to get to the end zone. And Joe Burrow gave Zach Taylor credit for calling that play, but man, they just could not get it going. And for really, for the first time this year, I had, like zero. They had six points, go, you know, what, with 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter last week. And I still thought, oh, well, they could they could score. I don't think they're going to win the game, but they could score. I just had zero confidence that they were going to score. Like when they got the ball with four minutes to go, did you think they were just going to march downfield and score a touchdown? I did not. I just – it was not something that uh, I thought was was there. And, and here's the thing, the, the positive part about this. It's a defense – that clearly had your number for most of the game. 
You're not getting the ball on the ground. You're not getting that ground game going. Obviously, your stars aren't going uh, on the outside. No turnovers. They 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 were like, okay, fine. We're not going to force it. And and the thing that really impressed me, Burrow, with all the coverage, um, sacks, you know, coverage, you know, how good of coverage there was. I thought he moved well in the pocket. I thought he um, rolled out as many times as he could, keep plays alive, and and and, and do. Uh, and did what he needed to do to to try to make plays downfield. They just really weren't there. And uh, the one that was there was uh, in the first half, the chase was was called back from a holding and he escaped. But I thought his pocket presence was good today. I just think that that Denver secondary, I hope the Bengals don't see them again because that secondary is really, really good or at least had a really, really good game. They they had the clamps on for sure. And yeah. and that's why I'm interested to go back and look and see what, what were they just playing, man? Because Joe Burrow scrambled the ball five <sighs> times for 25 yards. He got some first downs running the ball. And that's in large part because these Broncos defenders did not have their eyes on the, the broadcast even pointed this out that the the secondary for Denver prioritized keeping their eyes on their man instead of keeping their eyes on the quarterback. So Burrow, to, to your point, his pocket movement today was really good. His pocket awareness was really good. And he was able to take advantage of these creases to get first downs in critical spots. And I even tweeted in 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 jo- a joking fashion at, at some point, you know, the Bengals' best offense in their passing game today is Joe Burrow running it against man because, you know, they're, they're getting first downs there, right? And th- they're not finding it, throwing the ball. I mean, so many checkdowns in this game and credit Tyler Boyd. He's a one receiver who I think had a nice game. I think the, the, the one corner that they were going after was Bryce Callahan. I don't know if you noticed that James, but it seemed like more targets went his way, but uh, Tyler Boyd leading Bengals receivers with six targets. CJ Zama had four. Joe Mixon had one. Samaji Piran had two. Drew Sample had one. That's out of 21 targets. So not a whole lot of throws in this game in the first place, but I, I did you do. say Jamar Chase there? No, I didn't. Jamar Chase had four as well. Yeah. But the 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 point is is that there were a lot of passes going to tight ends and running backs. That, that's what I was trying I to get you. at. A lot of, a I lot got of you. checkdowns. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of checkdowns and then Tyler Boyd in the slot. And and then a couple times throws did go to Higgins and and Chase when they had seven total. Yeah. When they had um that matchup that uh Bryce Callahan, the, the slot corner, when they when they drew that matchup, he's like five nine or something. When they had that mm-hmm. matchup, they went at him a couple times. But how about that that one throw from Bro that didn't count that that you alluded to? It's a race by a Quentin Spain holding penalty, and I know, chase? yeah, it's incredible. I mean, that that's hold or not that that's yeah. like LSU Burrow stuff. That's last year yep. pre injury Burrow stuff, and the running game was great too. So I, I think despite the the numbers not being gaudy. Burrow had another really nice game, took care of the ball, you know, maybe missed a couple throws uh, on the first drive. Looks like Jamar Chase is open at the second level on a play action play in the throw. I I don't know what happened. We didn't get a replay. Yeah, I want to see it again. That was one. CBS bothered me because there were multiple times where I was like, I need to see that again. And I couldn't see it. Uh, Last thing, while we're talking about the offense, I wasn't going to talk about the refs at all in this episode, James, but Drew Sample got hit by number 55 yeah. on San Francisco or on Denver, who's uh Bradley Chubb. Chubb. Yeah. And it was like four sec, four steps after he was down. 
and he kind of launched himself and and hit near Drew Sample's head area. The the refs threw a flag and then picked it up. I thought that was pretty brutal. And I know Bengals fans are going to complain a lot about officiating in general in this game. That that one, I don't know what the excuse is. That's right in front of an official, and and that's a player safety issue. And I'm glad that Drew Sample is okay. Yeah. No, me too. Uh, I agree with you. At at minimum, it should have been a flag. And who knows? Maybe I don't think it would have gotten the offense going and Burrow ended up running for the, the first down on third and three there. But then the drive stalled. Who knows? You give them 15 yards. Maybe things are different. Maybe it looks different. Maybe it gives them a little momentum. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I think the the positives. One, it's easy to be positive because of the result. And it is a unique matchup where, again, it's a really, really high-end secondary, high-end safeties, high-end corners. They do a lot of man-to-man, -man and, and they just, you know, they played well against the Bengals because it wasn't just one receiver, right? It was T, it was Chase, and uh, and they struggled. But it was good to see TB uh, do what he did. That being said, no turnovers despite all of that. So that means Burrow's not forcing it. Those that are worried, oh, Burrow forces He's still making plays with his feet, more plays with his feet. And the way he kept plays alive and moved in the pocket, man, you're right. It was like LSU Burrow. It was like more, even more confident. He's smiling. The the one, it was on a throwaway. And uh, oh yeah, who was it? Who, who was the uh, Charles? Uh, Charles Davis was like, that's the best throwaway I've ever seen. <laughs> or the best incompletion. Because yeah. Burrow d does a little twirl, gets away and throws it like, those are the type of plays, and part of it might be because there's no Bosa on the other side, right? But he was uh, he was in his bag today, and, and I think that's encouraging moving forward. So, uh, the, you know, go ahead. The, the one last thing I want to just say here is that we're, we're being very positive about the offense right now. It wasn't good today, and that's where we started this segment. And, and I don't mean to be a downer here, but when we go back and we watch and figure out why the offense struggled, that that's when it's going to be interesting, right? So so make sure, sure you tune in when we talk to Mike in a couple of days and we've had a, a chance to go back and look and, and try to figure out what lessons can we learn about this offense from this game? Because if the offense only scores 15 points the rest of the way, that's not going to be enough. Uh, so mm -hmm. I just wanted to throw that out there real quick before we move off offense. Bengals dealing with uh, a couple of injuries, including Joe Mixon got a little nicked up with his ankle. We're not sure if he's going to play against the Ravens in week 16, but if he's going to, Get that man some built bars, get that ankle healed up. And no, built bars might not actually heal injuries like that, but you know what they help you do? Recover after a long workout, after a heavy workout. I had a built bar at halftime. It was right after halftime. I, I worked during halftime. So it was right after halftime, had my built bar, got my morning workout in. And it's the beauty of late games. And uh, built bars, if you're new to them, they're the number one protein bar on the planet. High in protein, low in sugar, low in calories, and they taste amazing. They're covered in 100% chocolate. You need to get on the Built Bar plan. If you haven't, you want to talk about a New Year's resolution, that's one heck of one uh, to, to try out. I eat a Built Bar every single day, and you can too by going to Built.com and use that promo code LOCK15. Guess what? You're going to get 15% off that order. So you're going to save money. You're going to get healthier. You're going to get a protein bar that tastes great. So check them out right now. Again, built.com, promo code LOCK15 for 15% off. Again, uh, LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. I can't wait to hear what kind of built bars your wife gets you in your stocking for Christmas. But Bet Online also sponsors this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. She's 
And BetOnline has you covered for all of this season's props, odds, and lines. And they've got more than ever before. They've got an updated website that's fantastic to use, makes it easier than ever before for you to sign up and check out all the odds and props that they've got available, updated in real time, which I think is fantastic. And right now you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You can use promo code LOCKED ON. You'll get a, again, 50% welcome bonus, doubling your money, not doubling your money, adding 50% to your money. That's the math at betonline.ag from basketball to football, hockey, boxing. I, I hear people like watching Jake Paul box. You can probably bet on that just over at betonline.ag. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers left this year at BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. James, real quick before we go, go ahead. You wanted to jump in. No, go ahead. You have something. You have something. Go ahead. I, I just wanted to update the playoff picture because I have gotten this question on Twitter and I, I just wanted to figure out the answer. So if the Browns do win their game against the Raiders mm-hmm. tomorrow, they win the tiebreaker in the AFC North for now. The Bengals yep. would still be in the playoffs at a sixth seed yep. and the yep. Browns would be the fourth seed. So just wanted to spell that out real quick and and you wanted to jump in as well. No, I you're good. Um you said something and I was going to spin it into this defense and in something positive. I forget what it is, but uh, either way, the defense balled out and really, really impressed with Luana Romo's crew. Um, I, I honestly not really sure where to start, but I think we have to start with the trenches and uh, you know, the interior DJ reader and those boys balling. Obviously we gave Trey, Trey Hendrickson um, some praise, um, and actually, you know what? No, before we do that, I, it's been too long. We're like 25, four minutes into this podcast. My man, money, my man, money. Congratulations, Evan McPherson. I know you want to be called Evan, but your money to everybody else because you made a 58 yarder. It's the longest in Bengals history. I knew it would have been good from 60. I still predict that you're going to make a 60 yarder this year. I, look, what are the betonline.ag rookie of the year odds? Because my man has nine field goals from 50-plus yards this year, 50 or more yards. He's one away from tying Blair Walsh's record with 10. He's already got the Bengals record for that. He's got a 58-yarder to his name. I already had the 53-yarder uh, on Sunday as well. The dude is money. So it, it, you want to be called Evan Money? You want to be called Money Evan? Whatever you want, Mr. McPherson, but uh, – Ooh, the 22-yarder's the twenty two yarders got a cannon. Biggest leg in the NFL. Justin who? Never heard of him. Never heard of that dude in Baltimore. You heard it here first. Evan McPherson ahead of Jamar Chase for Rookie of the Year for James Rapine. Uh, on the topic of defense, Done. Evan McPherson had a great game. A lot of credit there. And also, you know what? Also credit for going for getting that field goal attempt before halftime. Brandon McManus misses. The Bengals have the ball at their own 41. They get a quick, you know, 20 or so yard play. I'm not going to do the math yards right to now. Tyler Boyd. And, yep. and they give Evan McPherson a chance. And I bet you he would have let him kick it from 60 plus going into the half. But on the topic of the defense, since as you mentioned, we are deep into this show. You talk defensive line. I agree that they, they played pretty well. I think they did have some issues against the run at times. Denver, a very good running team. Very good run blocking 
offensive line and Denver stayed at 11 personnel for quite a bit of the game, which I think kept DJ reader on the sideline at times. And they ran pretty well when reader wasn't on the field. So credit the Broncos, I guess, tactically for that, but they, they weren't so good in pass rushing Larry Ogunjobi having a big day with two pretty important sacks at important times. One of those involving Trey Hendrickson, I believe they shared a sack and that continued Trey Hendrickson's streak gets him to 10 consecutive games with some sort of sack. I guess a half sack does count in the official record books, which ties him for second most all time for consecutive games with a sack behind Chris Jones's 11. So next week against Baltimore has a chance to go out there and put his name at the top with Chris Jones. Jermaine Pratt, also James, getting out of the defensive line for a second, had a really nice game with his uh, half great. sack of his own, an incredible pass breakup way downfield, had 15 total tackles according to ESPN's box score. So very, very active. I, I don't recall him getting gashed in coverage really at any point. And nope. I could be forgetting something, but the pass breakup way down the field, was a very noteworthy play. And while we're on the topic of pass breakups, how about Eli Apple getting his hand in at the last second with Cortland Sutton on a vertical ball that could have been a touchdown. So some noteworthy performances for sure on a defense that was depleted. Trey Waynes didn't play the whole game. He was in and out in the second half. Uh, Trey Flowers didn't play well getting either. some time. Yeah, he, he was up and down. That, to, that was to the be. one. I, he had the missed tackle. Tim Patrick just beats him at the point of attack. That the the uh, Tim Patrick play is worse because probably miss, a push off. The missed tackle, where's the cleanup crew? That late in the game, I think the defense is gassed at that point. Yes, he should make that tackle, but where's the cleanup crew? Like somebody else needs yeah. to get there and finish that play, but continue. Yeah. No, I, I get it. I understand it. Yeah, cuz then he rambles runs for a first down. Um yeah. but yeah, I, I and by the way, he's missed 8 games and they escaped with the win. Like that's the thing is Hopefully Waynes is better next week and Awuzie is back. And then suddenly, man, you got Apple and, and Waynes and Awuzie. Oh, good luck, which I don't know anybody would have said that before, but the secondary could be really good um, if Waynes hits his stride and, and all of that stuff happens. But no, look, this offense wasn't scary. I did get a little more nervous. I don't know about you, but when Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater goes down and I hope he's okay, I hope he plays next week. Uh, had movement of his extremities. That was just a scary hit um, just because of the way he reacted. It wasn't like it was yeah. an illegal hit or anything, but when his body just kind of went limp for a second, like that, that's always, ugh, I hate seeing yep. that. Um, But when Teddy goes out, it's like, oh, well, they have a quarterback that physically is willing to push the ball down the field a little bit. And it's like, ugh. Because it felt like the Bengals were in control. They had the 9-3 to three lead, and it's like, okay, Teddy might score, but no, you're not that worried. And I wasn't necessarily worried about Locke because he is more prone to turning the ball over. But he has more – I think he has a little higher of an edge, higher upside, and then they go and score, and it's like, oh, man. But the defense, they did a good job responding. Khalid Kareem, three big plays, right? Tackle for loss. Then he ha uh, has the quarterback pressure, forces Teddy Bridgewater to throw it away. And then, man, see, I love basketball, as you know, Jake, but not all of our listeners will know this. My man took his cookies. He took – Drew, give me those cookies. I loved it. I loved that. You you get – that happens on the basketball court, not the football field. How many people actually go for the ball like that, the strip and rip? 
and in, in uh man, he just took it from him. So it was uh it was a hell of a play by Khalid Kareem. I hope he's okay because he certainly had an impact. And I know he suffered the concussion, but hopefully he can uh get healthy because it was uh, it was his best game of the year. Yeah, that play might have very well been the game winning play. If you yeah. go back on balance, you can you could probably point to a lot, but that was probably the most impactful play of the game. It's another one where the refs could have blown it dead and prevented an injury, but they let the play go on because they didn't know if he was down by contact or not required a review. I thought it was very obvious, uh, especially on replay, but even live, like I started writing the tweet and then I looked up and they're still playing and he's 30 yards downfield. And I'm very confused about why he's not just down after he falls down stumbling uh, where Drew Locke is trying to get the ball back. But yeah, that, that is a really great play. Drew Locke, really poor ball security, and Khaled Kareem did a good job to punish him. So th- there's another player who had a standout game. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, Zach Taylor did say in his press conference, gave a game ball to every single defensive tackle. So there you go. That That's how the team feels about how their interior defensive line played in this game. And good. The, the defense did enough, man. They did enough. They lost some guys. We'll see about Joe Batchy. We'll see about uh, yeah. we'll see about Khaled Kareem. We'll see if uh, Trey Waynes is healthy because he he had to go in and out of the game. Maybe it was conditioning. We'll find out if Cheeto is going to be back this week. We're we're going to have to get a lot of injury updates because I, I guess a trip to the Mile High City will do that to you. But Akeem Adeniji too on offense. Yes, good point. Uh, I wonder how Jackson Carmen played too. I mean, he, he seemed okay. I know he mi- missed yeah. a couple of run blocks, but in, in pass protection, the unit played pretty well. Fred Johnson, shout out. Third tackle, well. Joe Burrow shouted him out too. I think, you know, didn't notice any major issues there. But again, the, the problem in this game was always going to be the secondary, not the defensive line. Still, you credit the offensive line for being up to the task because I thought Joe Burrow had uh, fine pockets for the most part today. You want to know Joe Burrow's uh, comment about Fred Johnson? I'm pretty sure he said, I'm happy for that guy. Yeah. I'm proud of that guy. <laughs> he, he, he said something Freaking. to the effect of like, he's not having the season that he wants to be having, you know, sure. but you know, he's your third tackle and it's nice when you have a guy that has experience, who can step in and do that for you. So, yeah. And and then he said that, that, you know, that guy is just funny. That's all. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't mean to be like, I, I could see how some, if they don't hear the quote, it was just a funny quote by Burrow. That's all. Um, but look, Show's ending. We'll dive into the negatives. There's plenty of time to do that. Here's the the positive. As of right now, as we record this, first place in the North, eight and six. Burrow moved as well to me as he's moved post ACL injury. Looked great today from that perspective. Still completed nearly 69% of his passes, even though there was clamps being put on his stars. Zach Taylor won a close game. The defense continues to ball out. And hopefully some of these guys will, will be coming back. So, uh, it's a big win, Jake. It's a big win. And uh, eight and six, three to go, first place potential in the AFC North. It's a, a good spot to be in, my 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 good friend. Yeah, and I agree. And the defense closed out a game with very little drama. Yeah, drama on the offense. They should have thrown a pass. They should have run the ball, whatever. But the defense, when they were on the field, that was clean. Clean yep. execution to finish the game, despite the offsides penalty, which ultimately just ran clock at that point. So mm-hmm. that's probably about it. The Bengals get the Ravens. They've got the chiefs. They've got the Browns all going to be important games, but 
at this point, I think, James, you look at the AFC North games, and those are the ones you win, you win, win in the division. You win the division. So that's what's ahead of the Bengals. Until next time, we'll be back to review the playoff picture and more. On Monday, we're back with Sands for our All-22 takeaways on Tuesday night, Wednesday's episode. Until then, Bengals fans, day and have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.